Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to this Friday edition of Around the Hearn. Already uh, almost four months of the show. I hope that you've enjoyed it or uh, at least have been tuning in. A lot of great guests on tap as always. I love the variety of this show because I've been trying to get so many different things. Nalea Burden plays at Spencerville. She's a senior, and the Bearcats will play tomorrow night at Lincoln View. But they get uh, a big performance from her a couple of nights ago. Needed a handful of points for 1,000 for her career, and she got it. Just the fourth Bearcat in uh, Spencerville history to accomplish that feat on the girls' side. And Colin Foster, the uh, sports editor of the Daily Standard, we have a nice conversation of about 20 minutes, and uh, just an insight to what he's got going on. I I love his writing. He's a very smart young man. He's got uh, a lot going on and a lot to offer in our conversation. I hope that you enjoy all three. Right in the midst of tournament season right now, the girls started a couple of nights ago. The boys will start next week, which means a lot of things going on. Uh, I've got uh, some really good games. Had one last night as well. At Bluffton, had the Collada girls pick up a win over PCL rivals Pandora Gaboa. Had North Baltimore come back after leading for a good portion of the game to beat Continental, who took a lead late in the third. Lost it early on in the fourth quarter. Just uh, unfortunately, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. OG girls in action this weekend. Fort Loramie next week. The MAC really starts on WKKI and... They'll be back on the air, had kind of a transmitter issue, but uh, just things going on that are big in the area. And looking at a couple of those, I've been debating doing a team of the week for a long time, but the problem with that is there's so many good teams in the area in so many different sports. And one of the ones that I wanted to highlight was over the last week, St. Mary's boys won the WBL wrestling tournament for the first time since 1977. That's uh, that's a big one. Fort Recovery Girls won a share of the MAC for the first time since 1990-91. But Caleb Kinney broke Parkway's boys' scoring record. The Knoxville fans gave him a uh, round of applause and honored him. thought that was uh, amazing that they were able to do that. And he was actually interviewed on WLIO a couple of days ago. It ran last night. And he said, you know, for a long time, People have looked at us and said, oh, well, that's just Parkway. You're just going to play Parkway. Well, we take that to heart that we now are better this year, and hopefully it lasts for a while, but, you know, it's not just, oh, it's Parkway. And congratulations to them on the success that they've had. Caleb Kenny, I believe, ended up being a uh, a first-team pick in District 8. He'll play in the All-Star game, as will his coach be his head coach in that game at the Elida Fieldhouse. I know... We always try to do that one on Z Sports Live. I, I just love those games because you get kind of the reward of seeing kids that you've seen for years play one last time before they head off to college or whatever is next for them. And uh, speaking of that, I love it. And you hear, I talked to Colin a little bit about it in uh, his interview, but he wrote an article last week. If you haven't uh, gotten to the Daily Standards website, about Luke Kanapke, played at Marion Local, was very successful there, is now the Toledo Rockets' all-time leader in block shots. And about what's next for him, he's going to uh, work at a golf course 
for a little bit, try to make uh, a run probably overseas, and I wish him all the best of luck because he's such a great kid, so humble as well as Colin talks about, but so many big things, and we haven't even gotten to the tournament yet. I mean, with the way that the tournament has broken down, some of the girls' games have kind of gone to chalk, so to speak, so far, but some terrific games on tap this weekend. As uh, I talked a little bit about, uh, OG will be in action. If they are able to knock off Hicksville, they could possibly take on Liberty Benton. Again, in the district semifinals, that would be a big one. Uh, LB has got an 8 o'clock matchup against Elvis Jefferson. But you've got the Minster girls in action this weekend at St. Mary's. The Marion local girls in action at St. Mary's, the 6-8 and eight game that you can hear on a K94. Uh, next week, uh, Tuesday, I'm looking forward to Marion Local, see how the uh, boys have uh, progressed. And Bremen's in action, St. Henry, New Knoxville, Ridgemont. And uh, next week, one of my favorite weeks of the year because it's the uh, overlap between the girls' districts, the boys' sectionals. Uh, it's kind of a two-week thing because then you get the boys' districts, the girls' regionals, and uh, just I believe there are going to be a lot of uh, – teams represented in the district and possibly regional level and a lot, lot of good games. I'll tell you all about Friday night's games here to wrap up the boys' regular season in just a bit. But as we uh, take a break, when we come back, you'll hear from Nalea Bird and the newest 1,000-point score at Spencerville. You're on uh, Around the Hearn. There's nothing like high school basketball in Ohio. And the Ohio High School Athletic Association is inviting you to be a part of the excitement on the tournament trail all the way to Columbus. The OHSAA Girls Basketball State Tournament is at St. John Arena March 12th, 13th, and 14th. And the boys take the court at the Schottenstein Center March 19th, 20th, and 21st. Check out OHSAA.org for brackets, tickets, and special offers. Make a trip with friends and family to the Basketball State Tournament and be a part of history. Here on Around the Hearn now, just uh, kind of an extra little thing before you hear from Nalea Bird, and this is how her 1,000th point sounded. Nate Stidham had the call on Z Sports 3 a couple of nights ago against Van Buren. Now bring in the inbound. Sprints across midcourt. 60 seconds left in the ball game. 48-44. Schaefer will try to work on the left point. Goes up top to the volleyball stripe. Now for Nalea Bird, and 1,000 points. Malaya Burden, she gets the 1,000 points. Van Buren, they now try to answer on the other end. And they do. Izzy Pollock, they get the two. And they will now celebrate Malaya Burden for 1,000 points. Back on the show now, and it's Spencer with a, a big win in the sectional semifinals over Van Buren, 53-46. Nalea Burden in that game, 12 points. And I know that this has to be terrific to your ears. The fourth Bearcat to go over 1,000 points in her career. I would imagine that feels pretty good. There was definitely a lot of emotion tonight. Um, it was. I tried to not think about, like, you have to get 11 to get 1,000, but it was so hard not to think about that. And it definitely was hard coming into the game knowing that Emma didn't play first half because she hurt her shoulder on Thursday. So that was... Definitely a chain of emotions also. Getting a 1,000, I just feel so relieved. And I definitely couldn't have done it without my teammates and my past teammates. And 
So it's such a good accomplishment, and I'm so glad I got it done. Well, how about that for Emma, too? Because when she came in, within about 30 seconds, I was listening to the game, and I heard Nate say, there she is, diving on the floor. I mean, that's that's kind of just how she is. You know, Emma just sacrifices herself for the team, and you really couldn't ask for more in a teammate. You know, within, I don't know, maybe two minutes left in the game, the girl took a charge, and, you know, there's so many people in the crowd, and even Coach was like, get out of the way and stuff. And so that just shows you what kind of teammate Emma is. And she definitely came in and got the job done and definitely helped us to get a win. Well, and it's kind of a crazy thing too. And we've talked about this and I've talked about this with her about she has an extremely high basketball IQ. How much is she able to help you sort of uh, outside of what Greg tells you on the bench in the first half? Emma, just she creates so much things for me. You know, she drives and she can kick it out to me for a three or I can cut and I know that she can find me, you know, so she just creates a lot of open space for everybody to be able to score along with herself. Like Emma always gets her points and stuff, but she makes sure that everyone else does too. And she created a lot of, when she came in, she assisted me on a couple of my points and, you know, I couldn't ask for more. You guys get the middle of that second quarter where they kind of come back, sort of make a run, cut it to, I believe it was four or five, Midway through, mm-hmm. you have, and you just talked about it a little bit, but you have nine early on. How much of sort of the sequence of the last couple of minutes of the first half was you offensively maybe trying to push a little too much, get a thousand out of the way, and go on with the game? That was definitely my goal. Was I was like, you know, just get it in the first half and stuff, but had to kind of relax a little bit, and you know, we just have to kind of learn how to finish the game you know we can start them and we can finish them but we just have to learn how to play in the middle of the game and so with us going on in tournaments and everything we have to learn like you need to finish this game or we'll go home is that kind of the one little difference with the two seniors you lost from last year where you guys were able to do that the last couple of years and you've had to sort of try to uh, maybe establish that yourself as a senior leader yeah it's definitely been tough you know Abby and Alex are a big impact on our team and Height is a struggle for us and everything. So it definitely was a change from last year to this year on to how to finish the team or how to finish the game. But, you know, Abby and Alex are great leaders for us. And I think us three seniors, me, Liv, and Kelsey, have kind of taken their leadership into our own action and have tried to put that on the team now. You guys had a timeout early in the third quarter when they opened up Van Buren did on an 8 nothing run. What did it was it? Did you have to say anything, or was were you able to sort of relay how you felt in that timeout? You know, in the timeout, well, at halftime we talked about you know third the first minutes of the third quarter are very crucial, and we came out very slow, and that's the thing that we do sometimes is we'll come out either very strong or not good, and we just didn't come out good the third quarter tonight. But you know, in the timeout, we just kind of were like, all right, let's get our head together, let's go, and. So that was very helpful. The timeout was very needed. And I think after that, we realized, like, if we don't pick it up, we're going to lose this game. And then it's over. And it's, I would imagine, a bigger motivator, too, because, like you said earlier, you know, all right, we don't come out with our best game every single night at this point. We're done. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a different aspect of the game when it comes to tournaments. It's not oh, we have a game next week or, you know, this is it. And if you don't win, you don't move on. So I think we're kind of taking that into consideration. It's like, we don't want to go home. We're not, we don't want to be done. 
I asked Greg last week about if you guys are able to go through your time at Lincoln View and through your district semifinal continuing to win, uh, you would play later. You play 8 o'clock games. Uh, he said he would prefer it that way. How is that for you guys? Honestly, when Coach has asked us what time we wanted, we said 8 o'clock because as, vars- as, a far- as a varsity team, we like to have that JV game in front of us or that, just a game in front of us. And, you know, we like, we're like we a team that stays in routine. So with that, we like watching a game before us and getting re- getting ready and listening to music. So I think that it's a good thing for us just so we can do what we're used to do. You get sort of uh, pretty much the ride home, I would imagine, before you started getting into, all right, Saturday night in Fairview mode? Or does that come <laughs> later tomorrow? Um, I think right after the game, you know, we were like, we said in our huddle beat Fairview. So I think right away we were like, all right, we're on to the next one. And I think it's settling in right away. Is this one different for you, obviously, than last year, just the way that it's sort of set up? I mean, I mean, and how you've been able to enjoy it and enjoy tonight. Mm-hmm. I definitely think like last year, it's the same goal as you want to win and stuff, but you know, this year's set up different because we don't have OG or Liberty Benton in our bracket right now. Did that so surprise we, you? Yeah, it did actually. I, you know, we were I was ready to play them within like game three or game, you know, game two or something. So that was definitely a surprise that we don't have to play them until later if we continue to win. So it's definitely different than it was last year just because I know like once we, once we lose a game, I'm done, you know, with basketball forever. So I definitely don't want that. So it's like, it's a different aspect of like mind and stuff. So how much of your family is there tonight? <laughs> it was quite a few. I had my mom and my grandma and my aunt and they come, which to is usually it. enough for anybody. Yeah. They're definitely allowed to, you know, they're loud enough. So, but, and then I had my dad's sister was there and her daughter was there. My, so it's my aunt. And then I had my boyfriend's family there. And they were all cheering for me. And then, of course, I had the community behind me, too. So I had a lot of people there supporting all of us tonight. Well, I know that we have, uh, I mean, I've been able to see you grow up. And I've been so thrilled about what you've been able to do. And I know Nate and Brock were over the moon for you to be able to to get that done tonight. And just uh, congratulations on everything. And I can't wait to see what you guys do this weekend. Thank you so much. That means a lot. That's the Leia Burden back with more of the show here in just a few. There's nothing like high school basketball in Ohio. And the Ohio High School Athletic Association is inviting you to be a part of the excitement on the tournament trail all the way to Columbus. The OHSAA Girls Basketball State Tournament is at St. John Arena March 12th, 13th, and 14th. And the boys take the court at the Schottenstein Center March 19th, 20th, and 21st. Check out OHSAA.org for brackets, tickets, and special offers. Make a trip with friends and family to the Basketball State Tournament and be a part of history. Back now uh, talking to Colin Foster, and if you look at his resume, it says a lot of things. Man about town, probably best beard, but sports editor at the Daily Standard in Salina, and you've uh, you've gotten up that ladder pretty quick. Uh, sure. I guess I guess uh, I, I started uh, in Troy when I it was 2013, and uh, was the associate sports editor there. We covered. Um, 
a lot of Troy area schools, such as Troy, Troy Christian, Bethel, Tippecanoe, and then got a job up here in, I believe, 2014. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really fun covering the MAC. But it's and not, Salina and St. Mary's, too. It's not really all that different for you in terms of uh, the MAC and St. Mary's and Salina. A lot of them still play those teams from down there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I still see Rushi people all the time when, when I'm covering uh, teams down there. And then, obviously, uh, Fort Laramie was our rival in high school, so I still still uh, see a lot of guys down there I know. And then Anna, too. And I don't know. It's been, it's been nice. It's been nice to uh, to just kind of see some people from back home just, just because I'm still in that area. And we obviously knew Marion local people and Minster people and New Bremen people when we were growing up, too. Well, and for people who don't realize, when you say where you're from, you went to Covington, right? I went to Covington for part of my life, and then uh, when I was in eighth grade, transferred up to Rushi. So you get a little bit of every world kind of in that aspect. Man, of, I'm, I'm, you see I'm all over the place. I'm That's all why over I said place. man about town. <laughs> that I should add that to the resume too, shouldn't I? Right, just get a little card. I, I think people still do business cards. <laughs> yeah, I still got one. I think I, uh, I need to, need I to add like that a box to it. Of them. I never, you never gave me one. So I, I don't give them to anybody. I got them right before I moved. So like my address is wrong on it. So I don't really give them out to anybody. <laughs> That's kind of like a stupid I, thing on my part. I mean, I'd, I'd gladly accept one. Um, it just feels like in this instance that, that, that you're, um, that you're too big time to give me one. Uh, to be fair, I didn't give Tommy Thrall one and Tommy Thrall's the voice of the Cincinnati Reds. So I don't okay, know. I don't feel as bad. Though. Yeah. Right. I don't feel as bad. And again, it just it would just have an address on it that I don't even live at anymore. So, you know, do with that what you want. I mean, I probably, in all honesty, would have showed up and like tried to like toilet paper your house, maybe egg it a little bit. I don't know. It would have been hard to, I think, to do that to the apartment, Shawnee. Okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Uh, they got <laughs> they got enough problems. But uh, you've you've been a busy guy, obviously, with the start of tournaments, the way they overlap, kind of from August to now. Just, uh, what's a typical day like? Uh, a typical day is, uh, going to work, uh, set some stuff up for the night, go out, cover games. Um, I mean, if, if there's something happened like, like today, for instance, there's obviously state swimming, you, you write stuff up on the event that you don't cover and then you put together a paper and bada bing, bada boom, you call it a night and it's usually from... Uh, it varies, obviously, because we work Saturdays, too, occasionally, um, most of the time, actually. Um, but it's, it's pretty much a nonstop job working in the sports department, as you, as you know. Um, you're constantly doing things, but you do it because you love it. Well, but I've always thought the great thing is, and I know that it obviously works with you guys, with TV news, with broadcasting, that you go to work, though, and not every day is going to be the same because there are a lot of days where – and I'm sure you've done this where you have a story in mind of, all right, I think this game will be X and then something totally different happens. And all of a sudden you're finding yourself rewriting nearly everything. Oh yeah. You, you've seen me at games and I'm kind of writing as games go along. I remember, uh, I remember being with you, uh, at the Coldwater baseball game last year, Archibald, the regional, was it regional final, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, God, Kohler's about to lose the game right as I go, and I'm trying to think of, like, a lead, and then all of a sudden, holy crap, craziest 
craziest game ever. Coldwater comes back and wins it in the last inning. See, I always say that's an it's like the only difference between print media or news media in terms of doing video highlights where like I have to explain that as that's going on of all right, I'm thinking ahead, but it's what could possibly happen. There's no crazy thing that can happen and then wham. There's three crazy things. Yeah, it's 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 different. It, I don't know, man. Like I when I went to school this this isn't what I went to school for and then quite honestly like the first I mean, I was read a lot of sports stories when I was growing up. Um, and then when I got into it, I was just like, it's, it's just different. I don't know. Like, you, you don't think of it when you're growing up until you're actually in the position of a sports writer and you're, like, kind of trying to come up with something as the game goes or, I don't know. It's, 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 a, different, it's a different thing being on the writing side rather than, like, being on the fan side. Well, how did, you, how did you make that choice? That when you were going to go to BG, that's what you were going to do. That that wasn't actually what I went to school for at BG. I just I I, I knew a guy back home who worked for the Pickle Daily Call, and uh, once the job came open at Troy, it was like a um, it was an affiliated paper with them, and uh, they reached out to me, and uh, I applied for it, and they had me actually for for my uh, for my initial interview, they had me uh, watch a game and then write a story. And it was the it was the uh, the Cavs game back when when they still had LeBron and they were relevant and and they were relevant yeah I know it's pretty depressing nowadays but uh, yeah so I, I sat there and I I winged it I, I wrote a sports story for the first time in my life and they I guess like what they saw and got a call back and yeah I just kind I, I learned from. Uh, Josh Brown and David Fong, and, and they were two of the. They, they, I mean, they've gotten countless awards down at the Troy Paper, Troy Daily News, and uh, yeah, that was kind of a blessing, man. Like they, they kind of groomed me and helped me develop the writing style, and the rest is history. Speaking of awards, I heard recently, and I know you're not a, uh, a toot your own horn guy, but I heard no, never that uh, you were actually nominated for an award that's coming up. Yeah, uh, I got nominated for uh, Best Daily Sports Writer um, in our division, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's the first time I've actually been nominated for an award on my own. We've gotten a couple uh, video awards, and, and we got a couple uh, Best Daily Sports Section awards when I was in Troy, so that was really neat, but... Yeah, just just getting one on my own is, is a really neat thing. Pretty excited about it. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. If, if if you want my autograph after this, I, I can I can probably hook you up, but I might charge you ten bucks. I imagine it's like the Pete Rose thing. It just you've signed so many, it'll devalue itself in no time. <laughs> yep, might be. I see that dude everywhere I go. <laughs> I've seen him in Vegas about six times now. Fifty dollars for I mean, an autograph, so don't become that guy. I might charge you like. Five bucks. I might not give you five bucks. That might be how that goes. <laughs> That's okay. I, I I respect that. I respect your decision. You're just not going to get an autograph. Eh, whatever. Uh, I like to live on the edge. <laughs> I uh, I told you this off the air, but I enjoyed. Uh, you wrote a really nice piece. It's up on the Daily Standard website at dailystandard.com about Luke Kanapke for Marion Local. How did that sort of? Uh, how did you make that decision of? All right, I'm going to go write a feature on him. You know, like that—that's—that's that's one of the really good perks that come with this job. Um, is is just 
getting to see some really, really great things. Um, I've, I've went and watched Mike Sill at Dayton probably four or five times now. And, uh, I, I did a Bengals Browns game. I did an Ohio state game. Uh, it's, it's just a really cool thing. And, and obviously, I mean, you have, you have a big time player from one of our area schools. Why would you not go and do a feature on them? I did, I did the same thing last year at this exact same game. I, I obviously went to BG. So, um, got some poly eyes out of the, out of the whole deal. But yeah, he's, he's having a really great year and uh, definitely wanted to go see what he was up to now. And uh, he was impressive, man. I mean, I, I talked to you obviously about this off the air. Like we're both really impressed with, with what he's done and excited to see what he does next. It probably helped you out though, that they lost the Toledo lost to BG. I mean, I mean I was, in terms I of just for you, like, I mean, obviously, I was, I was I was standing in the the uh, right, basically on the floor at BG as that game came down to the wire, and I felt bad with with how Toledo ended up losing. Was I rooting for BG? Part of me was, but a part of me was rooting for Toledo. It was weird. Um, you're kind, of, root, you're kind of rooting for the kid because it makes a bigger story. Absolutely, like they beat BG last year. And BG was having a really good season last year, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm very I like BG a lot, but I didn't really care to see. I I, I wasn't that mad when I saw Toledo win. Well, and it's interesting too because a lot of that is kind of the same idea I had when I started this podcast about having a segment that sort of spotlights kids in college of hey. I bet you haven't thought about this in a minute if you're not from, obviously, in this case, Maria Stein, um, about Luke Kanapke or, you know, about Katie Hempfling or about Courtney Pranger or whoever it is. But the one thing that I've always thought was neat is if you reach out to a lot of these kids in college or in a lot of cases we're fortunate enough to have pros, they are so happy to be able to, to kind of talk towards people at home. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're big fish back home, and then when they go to these like bigger institutions, they're kind of a big fish or a little fish in a big pond almost. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they maybe don't get the they don't get the same media exposure. So yeah, it's because all of those kids on that team were all that, and now you're kind of trying to figure out all right who is who is actually who. Yeah, I, I I think I would. I'm obviously I'm not a division one athlete, nor have I ever been a division one athlete, but I would be absolutely thrilled to see some from someone from back home. That'd be great. Um, yeah. That's I mean, it's so cool as a lot of these kids are just, yeah, sure. Like who do I have to talk to to make this work? And, and, and a lot of these kids back, back from our area are like so humble about the whole situation. That's what always strikes me perfect about him is you can tell how, uh, and you know, I mean, you've seen enough high school kids where you go, all right, this kid's going to be a big deal when they get to college and they just don't change because of the way that they were brought mm-hmm. up. And it speaks so much to how great the parents are in this area. Absolutely. And, and like you look at some of Mike Stills tweets recently, like, man, like he's that dude's like freaking awesome. He, I love he's the, so nice. So down there. The story about, I, I believe it's, it's UD's manager where yeah, he just came out and he said, you know, I need Mike Stills to stay for another four years. And <laughs> Anthony Grant said, well, how can I make that happen? 
Yeah, he's just a down-to-earth dude, man. Like, you talk to his brother, Andy, too, and he's the exact same way. I told Ryan, actually, the last time I went to date, and I was like, you remind me so much of freaking Andy. It's, it's unbelievable. It's uncanny. Right, right. When I talked to him at, uh, when I talked to his brother, obviously coaches the line of baseball, um, I think that, too, of, all right, well, you're you're a little goofy, but you're beyond humble. Yeah. And actually, I remember I ran into Andy, and I ran into the entire family at Brew Nation last year, and sat there and talk to him for like probably 30 minutes and talk about baiting stuff. Just it was, I don't know. That was a good family right there. You've uh, obviously like me have been fortunate enough to be around a lot of cool things. Are there any that really just sort of stick out to you? I, I don't honestly, I, I tell people all the time, like watching the Marion local state basketball run two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah. That was probably one of the best, things I've ever followed and covered. Um, just, just the way they won that, that entire, or that, that last game. Like that was that was probably the best high school game I've ever watched live. And Marion Local was a massive underdog in that. Like, who, who honestly thought they were going to win that game except for them? Well, and it's funny because, and that was kind of, you know, we sat in Columbus and talked amongst ourselves, but that was kind of the scuttlebutt of, you hear different people, the TV people, and you know, all the, the big-time media, oh, you know, Marion doesn't stand a chance in this game. All right, well, let's see how this goes. Yep, and sure enough, I mean, and that's kind of what every time I've watched Marion, uh, that year, the year before that year, it, it amazes me how good of defense they play. And that was obviously a huge part of that game, but there's not a lot of teams outside of the MAC that, that see that kind of defense on a regular basis, and they just, they made it hard for that team. They made it hard for Cornerstone Christian that entire game. And um, they obviously had a couple special players. Marion Local did that year. So um, two overtimes to get that job done, that was that was pretty incredible. I was exhausted by the end of calling that game. It was unbelievable, man. You had literally everything in that game. You had kids <laughs> dancing on the sideline. You had game, or big shots and big situations. And the dancing is um, what got them on TV. I know. <laughs> That's the craziest part of it. Didn't get one minute on the floor in those two games, but I tell you what, he hit the dance, and all of a sudden, I mean, I couldn't stop talking about it doing the game. I was sitting there Snapchatting the sideline dances during timeouts. It was unbelievable. Uh, I, still I remember on going into the, the one in the fourth quarter. I remember just looking across, and I was crying coming back from break because I was just <laughs> laughing so hard. And I think like two or three of those guys are on the team currently. I think so, yeah. And I think uh, one or two of them are actually playing much bigger roles this year than they have been. I think been. that I'm, I'm pretty sure Ike was Alex That's exactly who I thought kids, it right? was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that works out. Uh, I know. What, what's coming up next for you? What's the big thing for the paper? Uh, a lot of tournament, man. A lot of tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really it. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, calling some of the Mac coaches for baseball and, and maybe testing the waters on a preseason pool. That's a big thing, actually, right now, because the WBL did one, and I, uh-huh. have, uh, I have actually a show with the Putnam County League coaches on Sunday, and I've been trying to get them. I got five out of eight of them, and I don't know how accepting sometimes that coaches are about giving away that kind of information. In in my opinion, like this is, and, and I did one for uh, on someone's suggestion for uh, for football in the MAC, 
what you got to do is do it anonymously. You can't you can't just go out there and name coaches that. Oh, for hey, sure. Yeah, guy, I don't, I don't tell anybody this, what the know. other one said. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's interesting to see kind of what everyone thinks collectively. Um, like I said, I'm I'm just kind of testing the waters, and it's it makes it a little more spicy. Yeah, it, especially when you're the only one that knows. Yeah, you can just sort of hold uh, that. Yeah, um, but yeah. Mainly, it's, it's a lot of tournament where we're going to see where uh, who can who can make a run. I, I have. Um, I don't know who, who do you who do you like in the Wapak district? <sighs> Girls and boys, who do you like? Everyone. I mean, I want to see all teams <laughs> succeed. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? You don't have any. You don't have any favorites. <laughs> I never have any favorites. I, just, I gotta. I'm not I gotta Joe I gotta ask. I'm not Joe Buck. I want all of your teams to win. No, nah, I think I think it will be really, really fun on on both on both uh, the girls and boys this yeah, year. Yeah, I you know there are, I'm actually doing a lot of those games, and you know I think Minster's dangerous at three. I, I I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about Parkway other than what I've read, but uh, I think the possibility of you know USV or Spencerville in the second round is interesting. Bearcats have played a lot better lately. Um, I see Henry's a seven uh, speaking of the boys side kind of is fascinating to me because you know, you get Knoxville and then either Bremen or Ridgemont that that's a team that is dangerous. I mean, they shoot 28 threes a game, but if they're not on, they could be out early. I mean, that's, that's yep. I'm not speaking against them. That's just common knowledge. Yep. I, I haven't seen enough for recovery. I mean, I've seen the girls a couple of times, but you know, I don't know that a nine necessarily represents Marion local. I mean, they've been streaky, but I, it's a fascinating district in the, on the boys side. This is the most parody I think I've ever seen in one season on both sides. I think Perry is kind of a dark horse too, because I, I, think I, would, I would absolutely is agree. a very smart coach and he was on a couple of weeks ago and I think they're finally getting healthy and they're getting a lot of things going their way right now. I would, I would absolutely agree. And I saw Perry, I believe, without their leading scorer and another starter against Minster, and they still put on a pretty good, pretty good effort against them. They lost, but they, they put on a pretty good effort against Minster. But yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens uh, in the coming weeks in, in the Wapak districts because, like I said, I, I think it's it's a lot of parity, and that makes it a little more fun. Kind of know in the last the last couple of years, kind of had an assumption at least on the girl side with which team was going to be the front runner. And um, well, I, I think the front runner in division four is pretty obvious for girls. Yeah, I don't want to say it. I mean, but I, I'm just saying, oh, I, I don't mean there's a disrespect to anybody, but I think it's for, oh, you're saying, no, oh, absolutely. You're saying, yeah, for the state. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For, I'm saying for the, the state. I, I, I still like Minster. I, I like the possibility that Minster Marion local matchup. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have four recovery on the bottom, but, Warmer's one of the best teams I've ever seen in the girls' level. I don't know, man. Like I, 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 uh, I'm just waiting to see how this plays out. Like I, I still like Minster. I mean, it's just because it's a been there, done there thing. I, I, I would absolutely agree. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I was actually thinking about this when I was driving today. Like, obviously, because our teams this area are going north rather than going south this year. It'll be interesting to see what. Teams like maybe like Tri Village, uh, some of the Cincinnati area teams can do against Lamy because I think that's going to be a a telltale 
sign of maybe what teams make it to state. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I don't know how it's matched up. Let me see. But uh, there's some teams up north in D4. You get the Ottawa Defiance winner would take on the Fostoria Wampak winner in Elida. And I'm telling you right now, there are some teams up north. Columbus Grove is one that can flat out do some damage. And I, I would personally love to see the Wampak winner and the Ottawa winner sort of face off. We could, man. We could. That's my world. That's my world's colliding. <laughs> you love uh, your Ottoville. Right. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're good too. But uh, let's see. People want to follow you online, figure out how things uh, sort of shake out. How do they do that? Uh, Colin Foster BG on Twitter. And DailyStandard.com. And DailyStandard.com, obviously. And their Twitter. I thought that was. And their Twitter. And Daily Standard Sports. There you go. Isn't it DS um, Sports? Yeah, you might be right on that. I'm pretty sure. It is. <laughs> you're right. I didn't even know your I Twitter account. Way to go, guy. At the DS a, underscore sports. I'm not a big Twitter person. I just post scores from the games I go to. You I need, need to get more active. That's my, New Year's, that's my late New Year's resolution. Well, good luck with that. Thanks, man. appreciate it. That's the one and only Colin Foster. <laughs> Back with more of the show. After this. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? Uh, no. How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters who have all the experience and can really make things happen, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. Yep, deep bench there for sure. Then you got the front office personnel. That's all of us. You know, you're right. Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a lot like a sports team. And if you add in our playbook, which includes so many ways to score on a new or pre-owned car truck, the simile is complete. It is. And with our biggest in the area, Lee Kinsel Selection, a customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Like Chevrolet says, find new roads. And Danny. Yeah, coach? I hope you can dance. We need some cheerleaders. One last look around the area here before we go, and a lot of league honors coming out. The girls all go first. Putnam County League represented by Nicole Knippen as the player of the year from Audeville. Brian Schrader, the PCL coach of the year, as his Bulldogs playing into a Saturday night after a big win against Fort Jennings last night. First team goes to Columbus Grove's Kenzie King. Kristen Lorsman from Fort Jennings. Grace Klausing from Kaleida, Natalie Koenig from Miller City, and, of course, Nikki Knippen. Second team, a couple of Columbus Grove Bulldogs represented Angel Snyder and Abby Gladwell, along with Continental's Caitlin Etter, Kaleida's Michaela Mag, and Lipsick's Liz Shekelhoff. Abby Lommers from Miller City rounding out the top two teams. Look at the Northwest Conference. Chelsea Gieske from Paulding at 17 points a game ends up as the Northwest Conference Player of the Year. First team honors go to Emilise from Spencerville, Alexis Gregory from Crestview, Mackenzie King from Grove, Tori Newland from Allen East, Angel Snyder from Columbus Grove, and Alea Burden from Spencerville, who we just talked to. Gregory, a three-time three first-team selection. Brian Schrader picks up another Coach of the Year award, is the PCL and NWC Coach of the Year. Well, because flat out they won both. Second team goes to Lake and Garmotter of Bluffton, Elisa Lehman, or Alicia Lindeman 
from Delvis Jefferson, Libby Shat from Bluffton, Bailey Gregory from Crestview, and Abby Gladwell from Columbus Grove. Take a look at the Midwest Athletic Conference. Those honors came out. I think they're the first, actually, to come out. The Player of the Year, not really a big surprise if you follow girls' basketball in the area. Ivy Wolf ends up taking the Player of the Year award. Holly Gann from Fort Recovery and Beth Street from Marion Local share the Coach of the Year award. First team honors for Lauren Gillen from Coldwater, Val Mullenkamp from Fort Recovery, Heidi Rethman from Marion Local, Janae Hoying and Ivy Wolf from Minster, Madison Cordonier from New Bremen, Ellie Gable and Megan Jerosic from New Knoxville, Alyssa Busher and Addie Vaughn of St. Henry, Paige Gagne for Delphi St. John's, who uh, had a terrific performance in a close win yesterday, and Lindsay Winter from Versailles. The uh, first team uh, for the MAC, second team, Annalise Harlemer and Katie Leakty from Coldwater. Leakty a couple of nights ago hit a game winner with 2.2 seconds ago in their sectional semifinal. Allie Vaughn, Kira Wendell from Fort Recovery, Sammy Holscher and Elena Pullman from Marion Local, Kaylee Friend from New Bremen, Morgan Leffel of New Knoxville, Gabrielle Stober, the freshman, the only one on this list for the top two teams in the MAC from Barkway, Danielle Kunk, Caitlin McEldowney, Brooks Stonebreaker. From Versailles, those the uh, top two teams in the three leagues around the area. You look at boys basketball tonight for the uh, last Friday of the regular season. Western Buckeye League sees Bath head to Shawnee, Ottawa Glendorf at Wabakanetta, St. Mary's at Defiance, Kettenity Lida, Van Wert at Salina. Northwest Conference Action Clubs Grove tries to uh, finish off the regular season unbeaten, the number one team in D4. In the final poll, travels to Ada. Spencerville goes to the Ray at Crestview. Bluffton and Jefferson, Lincolnview at Paulding. Midwest Athletic Conference sees Minster travel to Parkway. Not the easy game that it used to be, and you heard the uh, Parkway kids being mentioned talking about that earlier. St. Henry at the Vatican at St. John's. New Bremen at Coldwater. Marion Local at New Knoxville. Blanchard Valley Conference sees Arcadia at Van Buren. North Baltimore at Liberty Benton. McComb goes to Pandora-Goboa and Corey Rawson to Van Lu. Three Rivers Athletic Conference, Lima Senior, and the winningest coach in Lima Senior history in Quincy Simpson traveled to Finley to take on the Trojans. TCC at Oregon Clay, St. John's at St. Francis, Whitmer at Fremont Ross. Putnam County League game you can hear at about 7.30 on WZOQ Radio for Jennings and Lipsick. Non-conference action, Wayne Trace, Audeville. Audeville coming off a big win in Tenora's last home game in their old gym yesterday. Allen East at Perry. Kaleida travels to Fairview. Fort Recovery goes to South Adams in Indiana. Monclova Christian takes on Temple Christian. And Hicksville battles Miller City. Those are the games, and that is the show. And a big thanks again to Colin Foster and Alea Burden for being a part of this episode. More tournament basketball next week is big on the show. We'll talk about the swimming finals as well, I get the results for that. Wrestling's going on. Finals are not that far from now. And a just massive amount of things going on in the area. I'm so proud of all the kids out in at tournaments right now. Bittersweet because it's the last go-around for some. But we're back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.